While some fans in attendance weren't very happy, the Washington Commanders going super conservative in the second half was absolutely the right call. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this Monday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Give that a try. Your first two weeks are free. And uh, after that, if you choose to hang around, I appreciate you. If you don't choose to hang around, I appreciate you for, for for giving it a shot either way. And through that, you can text me during games, after games, before games, practices, press conferences. Uh, we're talking pretty much all throughout the day, almost every day. Uh, and we're going to be doing some deep dives here soon on some data. Some film studies are supposed to be coming up here in the near future. Hit a little bit of snag on that, uh, but hopefully we can get that spinning up here very shortly. Or you can just talk football with me in general, one-on-one with your host, David Harrison here on Locked On Commanders on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers who I greatly appreciate for coming through every day like you do on a consistent basis. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On this Monday episode, I apologize for the somewhat late Monday posting of this episode. Uh, long day, long, long day is is the best way I can describe it. And then we went to uh, to Ashburn this afternoon to meet with head coach Ron Rivera, asked him some questions, got some answers. Uh, and then I planned the show and drove home and, and got it knocked out. So on today's episode, we were going to hear from Montez Sweat from his post-game locker room scrum that he did with us following the Washington Commanders 20-16 win over the Arizona Cardinals. And you're also going to hear from some Washington legends, Joe Theismann, Robert Griffin III, Champ Bailey coming up at the end of the program. Uh, they spoke to us before the win over the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to talk about some things that we want to see improved. But first, let's get into this after-action review following week one win over the Arizona Cardinals by talking about what we want to see sustained. It's our after-action review. And if you're new to this version of the episode, here's what we're going to talk about something we want to see good, sustained, Keep that going moving forward into the season. And then we're going to talk about something we need to see improved moving on into the season. We're going to start with the good news first because that's how we like to roll here on Locked On Commanders. Good news always comes up first. And I'm calling this one effective adjustments. That's what we want to see moving forward that we saw in week one against the Arizona Cardinals. We want to see that in week two against the Denver Broncos and then onwards and upwards as the Washington Commanders march their way to a Super Bowl victory. It's easy to overlook that or it's easy to not overlook sorry it's either easy to get overly expectant that consistent bounce backs followed by consistent good stretches are going to happen because in the preseason when we've seen this Washington Commanders offense and I'm talking to myself honestly probably more than everybody else talking to myself we see this team in the preseason you know we've seen this offense come out look sluggish a little bit have some issues a little bit but then there's always that bounce back right there's that Sam Howell autocorrect the offense gets back on track or they get on track and they score and they do something good. Uh, and then they get put up and everybody feels really good. And everybody leaves there saying, yeah, man, the offense 
has a lot of promise. And I think it's easy to get lost in that's how it's going to be. And that's just what you expect to see, right? So we go back to Sunday night, Sunday, sun, Sunday, not Sunday night, Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, first drive of the game. The Washington Commanders offense drives the midfield. They end up punting. We go, you know what? That's okay. That's good. And now you can build on that. But not only can you build on that, but you almost get caught in this, I expect you to build on it because of what we saw in the preseason, right? And to a certain extent, I think that's natural, but also to another extent, I think that's where we have to take a step back and kind of gauge our expectations. We've talked about expectation management a lot uh, in this season because the thing that you never get to see, right? Like a lot of times in the preseason, right? Sam Howell comes up, hits a 26-yard touchdown, Jahan Dotson. They're off the field. So what you don't ever get to see is the opposing team's defense make adjustments, strategize, and try to bounce back to themselves. And we forget sometimes that uh, the other team gets paid to play this game uh, as well. So what we saw in week one, right, we didn't see – we saw a little bit of fight back, right? So you saw the stalled out drive, but then you saw the touchdown. Then you saw some of the turnovers, but then you saw the team come out and, you know, secure the ball, not have turnovers. And that is an improvement when you got multiple drives ending in turnovers. And then we see the rushing touchdown, but then we don't see a lot of excitement after that. And even in the opportunities to maybe go for like a kill shot, they go a little bit conservative. And I know some people had some issues with that conservative play, but I think what that showed was bounce back from a different part of this team that we didn't have to see in the preseason because the games didn't count for real. And you're not actually game planning against your opponent in the preseason like you would in the regular season. There's a little bit of game planning, right? But it's not as in-depth and it's not as serious as you do now here in the regular season. And that bounce back came from the coaching staff. And specifically, that bounce back came from Eric Bieniemy because early on in this game, Sam Howell, the Washington Commanders offense, they were throwing the ball a lot more than they were running the ball. But in the second half, you come out, and you see them go back to the run game and go away from the passing game a little bit. Now, some people came out and said it's a clear sign that they were not confident in Sam Howell. And I will tell you this, for a one-game window, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, the game was going rough. You know what I mean? The game was not going well for Sam Howell. So in this in this context, in this game, this contest against the Arizona Cardinals, yeah, maybe that confidence did get shaken a little bit. So let's move away from that. Let's give another part of our offense a chance to carry the day because our quarterback is struggling a little bit. So let's give him a break. And that's what a team is all about, right? And Sam Howell is a fifth-round draft pick. He's not a number one overall pick. He's not a $45 million a year or $80 million a year quarterback like Joe Burrow is. This is not supposed to be the Sam Howell carries Washington to victory show, right? We've been talking about this. This is supposed to be Sam Howell plays average or better football. Now, did we get average or better football from Sam Howell in week one? At times, yes. At other times, nah, not even close. So when that happens, you need other parts of your team to pick up the slack. And I think that's what happened in week one. And that's what I want to see continue just to say. Not the poor play from Sam Howell at times, but when this team needs other parts of the team to pick up the slack, that's complimentary football. That's how you get wins out of games that maybe you feel like you probably should have lost. First half, Sam Howell was 15 for 24, 169 yards passing, and was sacked four times through a touchdown, through an interception. Second half, he threw seven passes. They called 10 dropbacks. Seven passes, four of them completed, 33 yards, sacked twice, and he ran for a touchdown. Uh, also had a fumble in the first half that I didn't mention just now. The running game in the first half, 10 carries, 35 yards. Flip it to the second half, 18 carries, 57 yards. In the first half, the Washington Panthers ran 38 plays. 29 of those were pass plays. Uh, 10 of them were runs. One of those was a Sam Howell scramble, which means you actually called 30 pass plays out of those 38. 
In the second half, 25 plays, 10 of them were passes. One Sam Howell scramble, so 11. 11 pass plays, 17 carries uh, total in the second half. So very, very different strategy coming out of halftime. First half uh, time in possession, 16 minutes, 22 seconds. Second half, 15 minutes and two seconds. The Arizona offense now was affected by this, and that's where the unified team front comes in, right? The Arizona offense ran a total of 58 plays. They ran 25 in the first half, 33 in the second half. So they did run more in the second half. But when you consider that the Washington Commanders took the lead in the fourth quarter with 11 minutes and 48 seconds left on the clock, the fact that the Arizona Cardinals with the game on the line trailing in the fourth quarter, so you know what that means. It means we're using all of our timeouts. It means we're going out of bounds. It means we're using that two-minute warning, and it means we're passing the ball more. 11.48 left in the fourth quarter. That's the mode the Arizona Cardinals went in. They only ran eight more plays in the second half than the first half because the Washington Commanders were able to hold the ball nearly as long in the second half as they did in the first half. In the first half, the Washington Commanders had 16 first downs. Two of those came on the ground. In the second half, they had five. All five came on the ground. That is a huge difference in strategy and approach from the first half to the second half. And I give a lot of credit to Eric Bieniemy and the offensive coaches and the players for being able to flip the script that quickly and execute it because they trusted their defense and they knew as long as we don't give the Arizona, we talked about this, don't feed the gremlins. It was raining out there, so they're already wet. Do not feed the gremlins. What happened in the first half? You fed the gremlin. What happened? You got bit. Second half, Eric Bieniemy and his offense, they did not feed the gremlin. They said, you know what? Do not feed the gremlin and we will come out of this thing okay. And just like the gremlins movies, everybody lived happily ever after. I think. I don't really remember them, to be quite honest with you. Now, it may not have been the most exciting football we'll see all year in the second half, but it was the right change to make for the right opponent and the right circumstance. What didn't change that we need to see change moving forward? That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. They rank them number one over uh, of leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day or tomorrow, we got another mailbag episode where I got some questions loaded up. Uh, my insiders helped me uh, strategize a, a question plan for Ron Rivera at the press conference. A lot of those questions got asked uh, and were answered, obviously, uh, before I got around to the microphone. But I did ask one of those insider questions because it was remaining. And then I asked another one of my own. We will go over some of those answers tomorrow in our mailbag episode. But I also need your questions to add to it. Even if we don't use your mailbag submission tomorrow, we could potentially use it down the road. So if you want to send in a future question or a question for tomorrow, drop them in the YouTube comments. Hit me up on email, lockdowncommanders@gmail.com, or become a lock insider and you can text me directly. Join subtext.com slash lockdowncommanders. You'll get priority on your questions. Improvements that we want to see 
from the Washington Commanders, 20 to 16 win over the Arizona Cardinals. And this has been a uh, a little bit of a touching point for, for my listeners, for our listeners here on Locked On Commanders. And I appreciate the feedback. Uh, it's sacked. Sam Howell was sacked six times. Now, I told you guys yesterday that I thought a lot of, or if not all of the sacks uh, that happened could have been on Sam Howell at first blush again. I don't have replay. I'm not watching the broadcast footage and uh, from the press box. I don't know if you guys know the layout of FedEx field. We're on one side of the field. So especially when you're on the entire opposite side of the field, you're seeing things from all the way down. Uh, And I know that they play replays on the big boards. But if you saw the notes that I take and how I do my thing, basically, just trust me when I tell you I'm not watching replays in the stadium in real time. I'm too busy writing notes, texting my insiders, doing all that stuff. So I need to rely not only on you guys, you guys help me fill in the gaps and say this sack sp- uh, specifically was on the offensive line. That sack, I believe, was on the offensive line. I go back, watch the broadcast. I go back, watch the All-22, and I start coming up with some plans and some ideas. And here's what I will tell you right now. I broke down all seven sacks that Sam Howell uh, was involved in yesterday, and that means these six official ones that happened and the one that didn't count because there's a penalty on the play, so it was called a no play by the NFL. So there's seven times that Sam Howell was sacked. Uh, six of them that officially counted. The first one is actually the one that didn't count. That was first and 10. Uh, the ball started the Washington nine-yard line, seven and a half minutes remaining in the first quarter. And on that play, and no, I can't show you clips because we don't have NFL licensing locked on. And because we're owned by a major media company, we care about not violating licensing rights and all that stuff. So I'm sorry, but I will describe them as best to you or to you as best as I can. First and 10 at the Washington nine, seven and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Sam Howe takes the ball scrambles to the left, trying to gain yards while running out of bounds. Only It's only a sack because the ball is in his left arm as he goes out of bounds, and the ball is barely short of uh, the line of scrimmage, the original line of scrimmage. So it's like a half-yard sack uh, at most, right? Now, you'll remember that play because that's where the Arizona Cardinals defender got flagged for lowering his head uh, to make forcible contact as Sam Howell was going out of bounds. Uh, and on that play, Howell was flushed by a defender coming in as tight end Logan Thomas leaked out to the left. The thing about that play, and if you want to go, if you have a replay capability or if you have NFL Plus or something like that, go again. First and 10, Washington 9, 7, 7, 735 left in the first quarter. The design of the, pay, of the play is for Logan Thomas to get a quick pass out to the left side of the formation. Logan Thomas comes out and he's open. Sam Howell's looking at him, but for whatever reason, does not throw him the ball. Instead, he tries to go for the run, ends up getting sacked. He does end up drawing the penalty. He had to come out for a concussion check. Uh, for a minute, but he did not miss a play. Fortunately, he was able to come back in. So again, that one didn't count officially. But as far as I see it on the tape, that to me is on Sam Howell. You shouldn't take that hit. Ron Rivera talked to us on Monday about trying to get through to Sam Howell uh, that he needs to stop exposing himself to those types of hits uh, as much as he did on Sunday. Sack number two, the first one that actually counted first and 10. Uh, Again, this time we're at the Washington 25 with 53 seconds left in the first quarter. Uh, and Sam Howell on that play has at least three seconds before uh, he's 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 contacted by pressure. And he's got Logan Thomas coming free from the right to left side of the offensive formation on a drag route that I've seen him hit at least a dozen times in practices, if not more. Uh, he holds onto the ball. So the pocket starts to collapse. He's flushed out to his right. His first read on the entire play before the pressure comes, his first read appeared to be Terry McLaurin on the left side of the field deep. And the transition traditionally, and I can't tell you what the play design is, right? But traditionally, if you've got a deep left side of the field read, your second read is either middle or it's short left. That's where uh, Logan Thomas is running free. Uh, whatever, for whatever reason, Sam Howell stuck on Terry. 
uh, longer than he probably should have. By the time he comes off, he's got pressure in his face, and so he has to go running. He goes out of bounds short of the line of scrimmage again. Uh, not really a traditional sack as in a defender got to him and brought him down. He scrambled uh, and ran out of bounds short of the line of scrimmage. Again, I think the coaches are going to say those are situations. The first one and the second one, one didn't count. The other one did. Get rid of the ball. You know what I mean? You're not going to gain yards for the team. You're going to put yourself at risk of getting hit. Just throw the ball away and live to play uh, for the next down. So that's the first official one that counted. And I think pretty clearly, if you go watch it, that is a Sam Howell uh, accountable sack. Sack number three. Second one that officially counted. First and 10, Arizona 37, 549 left in the second quarter. The play called is a quick pass to Terry McLaurin on a bubble screen. Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin are lined up to the right side of the formation. Jahan Dotson gets in position to make the block. Terry McLaurin dumps back to get the bubble screen. And guys, he's got room. He's got room ahead of him. I don't know why Sam doesn't throw the bubble screen there. For whatever reason, he doesn't. He pulls the ball down, runs forward. Maybe it's a read option, but he made the wrong read. Uh, runs essentially just into the back of his offensive line, gets stopped right behind the line of scrimmage, and again is registered as a sack clearly uh, on Sam Howell's decision-making there. Sack number four, third and 10, Arizona 37, five minutes and six seconds left in the second quarter. Sam Howell's in shotgun. He's got more than three seconds in the pocket before the pressure arrives. Now, Logan Thomas does get beat off the right edge by an Arizona Cardinals rusher, but I will tell you that when it comes to traditional metrics for how you measure a win or a loss, in pass protection, two to three seconds. If you give your quarterback two to three seconds of time to get rid of the ball, that is considered a win. We want more time, 100%. But that two to three seconds is what NFL quarterbacks are taught is enough time to make a decision. You know the route combinations. You know the concepts. You read the defense. If you do it right, that is plenty of time to either throw it, climb the pocket to escape, or throw the ball away. Sam Howell did none of those things. It was right at three seconds. He ends up getting sacked since it was right at three seconds. If we want to call it a push, we can call it a push. We'll put it on both of them. Fine. But at the end of the day, Logan Thomas gave him two to three seconds. I know that you want to see Logan Thomas hold up better. I do too. Logan does too. I promise you. But he gave him two to three seconds. Technically speaking, that is, and that's coming from, uh, from, from people who know, right? So uh, that is a win in the technical sense of it, right? Uh, sack number five, third and 10, Washington 26, one minute and two seconds left in the second quarter. Andrew Wiley beat right off the spot on the right tackle spot. Pressure gets to Sam in way under two seconds. Uh, Sam does try to get away from the ball or from the from the pressure, but when he does it, he puts the ball below his waist and he knows not to do that. It's an instinctual thing. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's not intentionally doing it. Uh, the ball gets knocked out of his hand, recovered by the Arizona Cardinals and uh, for a touchdown there. Sack number six, Second and nine, Washington 48, 721 left in the third quarter. Nick Gates comes off the snap with nobody to block. And as a good lineman should do, he's keeping active. He's looking right. He's looking left. He's looking for someone to help, looking for a, a late blitzer, whatever it is. As he's looking to his right to try to find work, Sadiq Charles leaves the man that he's initially blocking to go help Charles Leno Jr., who frankly didn't need any help from his inside man, didn't need any help from the left guard. Not really sure why he made the decision he did. But as Sadiq Charles is leaving his guy, Nick Gates is looking over to the right. Nick Gates looks over to the left just in time to see uh, the Cardinals defender running past him to get to Sam Howell. So certainly uh, a loss there on the offensive line. I don't really know if it's on Nick Gates. I don't know if it's on Sadiq Charles. You know, again, Nick was kind of in the area looking for work. Sadiq Charles apparently said, Nick, take my guy, but didn't communicate it. I don't know. They both kind of looked out of place, a little bit confused. So one of them or both of them potentially blew that. Uh, certainly on that sack. Sack number seven, third and 25, Washington 32, six minutes, 12 seconds left in the third quarter. Sadiq Charles gets bull rushed right into Sam Howell's 
legs. And I will tell you, I was watching that play when it unfolded. And I don't know why I came away thinking that maybe Sam Howell is responsible for that one. So I will apologize to Sam for that one. So my count, three on the offensive line, two on Sam Howell, and one a push. But I still lean Sam. So if you go my way, it's 50-50, three on each, three on the line, three on Sam. Uh, if you insist that the uh, that two to three seconds is not enough time, uh, you are a stricter greater than offensive line coaches in the NFL. Uh, but then you're going to go four, two. And if you think it's completely on Sam fourth, or then you're going three, three. And if you think it's a tie, then uh, I don't know, three, two and one. We know about ties here with the Washington commanders, right? So that is our sack breakdown bottom line, whether they were on Sam, whether they were on the O line, of course they were on both. And that's pretty much how it's always going to go. They need to get better. You need to get better at that because this Arizona Cardinals defense, not even close to the best pass rush you're going to face this season. Giving up six sacks to this pass rush translates to giving up way more against other teams this season. That has got to change moving forward. What doesn't need to change is the reinvigoration and the reinvitation of Washington franchise legends in uh, participation of Washington Commanders events. Three of them, well, more than three of them were there, but three of them we're going to hear from. But we're also going to hear from Montez Sweat, our game ball number one recipient from the Washington Commanders' first win. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. This episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you're not going to want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders with interviews. First up, game ball number one recipient Montez Sweat. One and a half sacks in the game, but a lot more impact than just those one and a half sacks. So let's go over to Montez Sweat's post-game locker room scrum. Uh, courtesy video courtesy of Donna Hopkins. Uh, appreciate Donna for hooking me up with this. So here is your Montez Sweat locker room scrum. How'd you feed off the crowd and especially third downs? You know, the cloud crowd was extremely loud in certain situations. Yeah, the crowd was rocking, uh, especially in the second half, man. I, I really appreciate that. We got to keep it going. What do you see when you go to, to get that script fumble? What do you, what's going through your head at that point? I see the ball, see ball, get ball. <laughs> I mean, we uh, at the half. We, I mean, we felt like we we let a couple of players get away from us. But at the end of the day, we kind of felt like we knew that game plan, quick game screens and stuff like that. So we just wanted to keep on our plan and just get some turnovers because they had a lot more turnovers than us in the first half. How does it feel for this team to win a game but still kind of feel disappointed? I wouldn't say disappointed. Uh, we definitely left some plays out there. We, we definitely need to get back on the back in the drawing board and, and just get back in the lab and just keep building on this. But we're gonna be better. All right, that was Montez. What again? Uh, big thank you to Donna Hopkins for hooking me up with that video. Uh, they got the professional cameras in there and, and all that stuff. And, and I don't have that stuff because I'm a podcaster and a writer, guys. I don't have professional camera equipment. Um, speaking of which, I mentioned the Antonio Gibson locker room footage. Yeah, you can't hear what he's saying with my phone camera. So. I will try to do better. I am actually looking at investing in some better camera equipment like that, but uh, that's going to be down the line. So that is to come. Upgrades are coming, guys. Uh, not courtesy of Josh Harris, but we do appreciate Josh Harris. Anyway, just like we appreciate legends showing up to the game. Before the game, we got to speak to all the legends in attendance for Sunday's game against Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to hear from three of them here before we get out. Let's start with uh, quarterback Joe Theismann. Needs no other introduction. 
Yeah. What change do you notice now? Um, I think there's, well, first of all, a lot of things that transpired off the field are gone. And there's a great focus on what's on the field, focus on our players, our coaches, the fans. I think the fans being engaged like this is absolutely wonderful. It's exciting. You know, we'll have, this is the first time in almost 20 years that there'll be a sellout. And I think that's something that's very special. It speaks to the volume of the enthusiasm that's always been here. It's just been tough getting everybody on the field to be able to, you know, cheer for guys. And now it's going to happen. I, you know, if I'm a player right now, this is something that they have never seen. And if you were a part of this football team for the last three or four or five years, it's something you've never seen. So if you're not nervous, you're not alive. You also seen a lot of the too. Where you are I think it's wonderful to engage the past. There is a legacy here. There is a history here. So many of the guys here have been a part of it, and now they're more involved as far as the fans go, as far as the things that we're able to do, and to be able to say, I'll get out, really say thank you to everybody. What have the alums said to you over the years? Do I? What have the alums said to you over the years about the way the things have been going? They just wish they were more involved. I think that, you know a lot of the alumni felt like. Um, they wanted to be a part of it and really didn't feel like they were a part of it. Uh, for one reason or another, the guy, we didn't get a lot of guys here. But now there seems to be a very conscientious effort to get a lot of guys out to be able to have an opportunity. Like I say, bridge the gap before of what we were and what everybody was excited about, of what we possibly could be going forward now. And so it's it's an honor to sort of to be that bridge going forward. I'm excited about what this football team could do. I'm excited about this football team. Now, obviously, it all revolves around the quarterback position. Not that I would humbly say that, but it really does. But the truth of the matter is, I think if Sam plays good, smart football, this football team is good enough to win a lot of football games. All right, that was Joe Theismann. And from a historic quarterback to a more recent quarterback, not super recent, but more recent quarterback, Robert Griffin III, Rookie of the Year when he came out of the NFL draft in Baylor. Uh, looked like he was going to lead the franchise to, to glory and injuries and maybe some coaching decisions uh, derailed that. Super quick, but he was back in attendance at FedEx Field for Washington Commanders Week One. Let's hear now from RG3. Listen, man, it's uh, it's just really good to see the city uh, with a lot better energy about it. You know, the team doesn't have the distractions. Uh, the community is back together. You know, I remember like it was yesterday, 2012, when Alfred Morris ran for what felt like 5,000 yards against the Dallas Cowboys in a win-or-go-home game at the end of the season, and I never felt FedEx rock more than that day. And I think the fans are super excited about bringing that back, you know, playing meaningful football, but at the same time, also feeling good about your football team. Uh, so I'm excited about that for the team. Being around the league for a while now and seeing all of it, how low had this thing gotten, and how fast do you think that they get it back? Yeah, you know, I, I went from here to Cleveland, so it wasn't the greatest experience between the two. But then I had an opportunity to go to Baltimore, and the Baltimore Ravens have an identity. And I think that's something that the, the Washington Commanders have, have missed out on for a really long time. You know, play like a Raven means something. What does Washington have that means something like that? So when you say how low had it gotten, it was my experience in Baltimore that made me realize, like, hey, it's not like this everywhere in the NFL. And it starts from the top down. Steve Bishotti is an amazing owner for the Baltimore Ravens. He's got a great head coach in John Harbaugh. And it all trickles downhill. So now that we have new ownership in place, 
and the way they go about doing their business and rebuilding teams and connecting with the community, I think it's all going to trickle downhill, and that's what you're going to see from the team. So you see the investments in the stadium already and the improvements in the game day atmosphere. Uh, I think it's they understand what the, what the city needs. And yes, they're fans, but they also know how to run the organization in the best way. All right, that was RG3. Now we're going to go a little bit in between. We went to Joe Theismann. We got RG3. Let's go between the two, and let's go to cornerback Champ Bailey, who didn't spend all of his career here. Uh, didn't spend a lot of his career here, absolutely, actually, but he did spend the beginning of his career with Washington. Was happy to be back at FedEx Field, happy to be back with uh, the Washington franchise. Let's hear it now from Champ Bailey. How's it being back in Washington? It's great. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. I think... Um, it's, it's great to see all these guys, man, that I haven't seen in years. Fans, I mean, it's funny, man. It's been almost 20 years. They do not forget. They do How not did forget. it come about for you? Why was it important for you to come back now with the Honestly, it's been the groundwork. Tim Hightower, man. For some reason, he reaches out to me a couple years ago, and he got here, and I'm sure he did that with a number of guys. And it was just all about getting us back here. and. I just felt like the timing was never right until now. And, I, you know, I'm just glad we're here. Next week is sort of your your game with Denver. Yeah, Denver. right. Will you be there? I'll be there. <laughs> what jersey will you have? Oh, you those I might wear my gold jacket. <laughs> How about that? I, I'm going to wear my gold jacket. Yeah. But it, it's alumni weekend, randomly, right. in Denver. Right. So. And they play the commanders. So it's it's only fitting. All right. Totally fitting. All good, though. All good. All right. Once again, that was Legends Joe Theismann, RG3, Champ Bailey. Shout out to Bowie TV uh, for the video. They they supplied that to me so I could provide it to you and make sure that you all saw that. So make sure you go give Bowie TV some love and Donna Hawkins some love as well for the Montez Sweat video. Just like you come through here, give the, go, go, uh, go through there and make sure give them some love as well coming up tomorrow mailbag episode if you've got questions or comments throw them into the youtube comments hit me on twitter email me at lockedoncommanders@gmail.com or send me your questions by becoming a lock insider at jointsubtext.com slash commanders. we had a few new subscribers before the game so i appreciate all of you for coming through and as always thank you so much for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day every dares thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.